Welcome to the Gathering Podcast. This is episode 12. Mary Jane Hedrick of Crossover Roofing is our guest for this episode. And I had to say it was quite a treat to sit down and listen to Mary Jane talk to Wayne about all the experiences and lessons that she has learned in the last two years uh, running Crossover Roofing which has become one of the most successful roofing companies in the Triad area. Mary Jane and her team at Crossover Roofing had won the Angels List Super Service Award and also the Better Business Vero Ethics Award, which is a very special achievement since not a lot of companies in this industry are receiving this kind of accolades. But most importantly, there is a testimony of hundreds and hundreds of people that have experienced service of Mary Jane and Crossover Roofing. And we just wanted to sit down with her and have a conversation about the genesis of the company and also about uh, her experience in this last couple of years, um, business practices, lessons that she has learned. And through this conversation, you will hear not only a lot of wisdom that Mary Jane and Wayne are sharing with the audience, but also you will feel her heart and her honesty and integrity and determination to do the best for the people that she loves and for the God that she worships. With no further ado, this is Wayne Parker and Mary Jane at The Gathering Podcast. And if, you're, if you don't have, it takes... One of the things that, and I'll let you take over, but one of the things that... I know I was going to say, are you recording? This is already some good stuff. <laughs> That's why I asked you. I sit down. You're talking. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that we've learned with the different phases, we're in our 15th year now. Wow. And, they know that. And we, we started with like five of us. And that was me and two of our sons and a couple of helpers. And we, 15 years later, have a little, we average 74 employees. And there have been so many phases we've had to grow through. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan, my successor for this, we were standing on the back dock one day this past year and uh, we were going through some of those growing pains we've had some tremendous tre tremendous growth um waves i guess and we were in one of those and he pointed down to the lower shop our fourth shop which is where we started at in one bay and he said just pause for a minute and look around you. He said, you can't see where you started from here. You can't see how far. It is so far back, you can't see where you came from. Right. So you're going to be okay. You just got to focus on what it takes to keep moving. Gotcha. And that was kind of the story of what's happened with us. We have. Every year, even through the recession, we have a charted growth in mm. every one of those years. Uh, this past year was quite a spike for us. This year, it hopefully, 
will have somewhat of a leveling off, but it may not because we're, we're in I'm a hearing. trend. And we've had to go through all those different phases to get to this level from a startup business to a small business to now a solid medium-sized business and, mm-hmm. and all the different dynamics that come with that. And we're still learning. So we, we have learned that it takes a good, solid team of people like the accountants, like the bankers, the uh, lawyers. suppliers, <laughs> and people that can help you get where you don't even know that you're going yet. Yeah. As there were people around us, and I'm sure you faced much of the same, that they knew where we were going to go long before we knew it because mm. we, we just did not have the experience. And I think that's how it is with a lot of small businesses. You start out, you're making a living, and you're suddenly a job creator, and more people are coming on board, and then you start to develop a a body of customers and that base becomes solid and and things just begin to escalate and you really don't know what to expect for the next phase yeah and we're kind of still there so i can totally relate (laughs) especially when you grow really fast and it's scary you know i'm at a point now where i i'm i'm in Waters I've never been in before. Um, what year are you in now? I'm two and a half years old. Okay. Um, we the first year we did like three hundred thousand, just to kind of throw some numbers at you so you can see the growth. My second year or my first full year that was only a half a year. The first full year we did one point seven. This year I did six point one. Wow. So that is rapid growth. Rapid. Um, very sol- very solid base though. There's a lot of things that I did early on and like you, I was learning. So I know not to do that again. <laughs> um, but I asked questions. I stayed teachable and open-minded through the whole process. And you know, my company's debt-free. I do keep a line of credit for cash flow problems when they creep up, but it's gone really well. That's amazing. Uh, and just to have the reputation and the reviews and keep it together because I didn't know. I was learning myself, and then I was teaching people behind me what to do. Like you said, though, my base has stayed the same. My core staff has stayed the same almost the whole time. And that really makes a difference because if you're right. having a lot of overturn, then you're going to have a lot more problems. Right. Yep. So they were in for the uh, long haul. How much? Uh, how much infrastructure? That this has been an issue for us, uh, figuring out where the infrastructure needs to be at, so you're not out of balance and so forth, mm-hmm. but yet you're not too streamlined that the workload is too heavy and there's too many gaps. What kind of infrastructure have you developed? Um, I would say is, is trying to create systems that we stick with. You know, sometimes what happens with us is we get a storm, 
So mm-hmm. our company is storm driven and you could be going and balance and systems are working and you have project managers that are bidding commercial and residential and they're staying proactive, but then a storm slams you. That is the, the thing I haven't learned how to um, have a system for it really that's doesn't stress us all out and I find myself working 10, 15 you know, hours a day. So everything that I pretty much have in place now, I was taught from a previous company that I worked for, which was Roofing Pro. Um, They're a large residential and commercial. So I'm still learning that too. I don't, I do a lot of things that I've created on my own with a team um, as far as like operations. But um, you never know what's going to happen because we're, we're driven by the economy and we're driven by storms wow so you have to kind of be storm ready at any moment moment that's got to be unsettling (laughs) it is (laughs) it is so like like with your system you have a system every day Mm -hmm. my day is my days are different from day to day we never know the rain the wind the hail the snow can change the whole week of operation just like that. So just learning to adapt to that quickly, right? you know, and be proactive, so. Wow. I think in any business endeavor, um, there is a, a lot of variables that you don't see coming. Mm-hmm. I know with us, we've had, I don't know how many things in the last, well, since Christmas, starting off this year that have been amazing in the the way that things have shifted from one week to the next and you're going this direction and all of a sudden you have these conditions mm-hmm. that come up and you, you try to be proactive and see those things. Uh, unlike you, I mean, you can't predict all the storms that are coming right. and the damages from that and the extra business that you are going to have to try to field while you're in the middle of it along with taking care of your regular schedule so that and we've had a little bit of experience with some of those things and Mm -hmm. and dealing with hurricanes and that type of stuff but our product line is not and one of the reasons we chose to move away from those kind of things is our product line's a little more stable which allows us a little more planning but then in our growth uh levels uh, trying to adapt to infrastructure needs so far as personnel Mm -hmm. not just workers we we have a lot of workers that are available even though the economy is going so strong and Mm -hmm. and there's there's that constant complaint once you build a good reputation you have a lot of workers that would like to come on board with you yeah uh trying to figure out how to streamline that to where it's safe and we're not too heavy in that area and then not not developing too much of the management uh, side of our employment so that we're not top heavy Mm. and our workers having to carry all of the office personnel and all of that overhead and yet having enough to adequately service our customers so there's uh, there's stuff that 
you don't have a lot of good teaching on how to do this and where these limits are. So it's kind of like you're saying, we're figuring out a lot of this as we go. Right. How, how are you addressing that? I know you mentioned some people that are good counselors and, mm-hmm. and good with uh, helping you navigate the growth there, dealing with the financial aspect and how yes. to handle the money of that. But you still have the day-to-day operation and the people you have to have helping you. Yeah. So how have you dealt with that, and where do you find them? So um, I joined an organization called BNI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a business networking institution, and it's it's groups all over this, actually all over the United States. But they've got a lot in our area, and. I'm grateful for this group because I joined it right after I uh, started Crossover Roofing. And what you do, you have all different types of trades in this group. You have financial, you have investment, you have um, home services, you have health and wellness, and you meet once a week. And so you quickly learn who in the triad has a good reputation, and it kind of like taught me up as a business owner faster, I think, because I was able to ask questions. I was able to watch quick presentations on a weekly basis, podcasts, and do homework on other people's businesses and how can they benefit me? How can they help me grow? Um, I quickly realized that I needed to start investing right away. You know, if the economy crashes, I have some stuff to fall back on to. You know, if I need to pull some cash from somewhere. Um, I also changed banks during this time. I'd been with Wells Fargo for about two and a half years, and I just felt like I was not getting that personal touch. Being a woman business owner, I'm a minority, so I reached out to BB&T. And BB&T set up a, a clean sweep line of credit for me. And that changed the whole game for me because I would be running around crazy trying to collect checks on a weekly basis so I could pay $50,000 worth of payroll on Friday. As I'm one of those people, I'm so loyal, I want to make sure you get paid. And my guys are so loyal to me, I feel like I need to make sure they get paid. So they helped me when I had that big growth spurt this year. That line of credit helped me. So those were some of the things that I learned. Um, Also, another thing that I did is like really taking my time, like you're talking about being top heavy. I have to be so careful of that because of advertising and marketing. So roofing is very competitive. And you have some good advertisements, Thank by the you. Way. Thank yeah. you. I've watched those, and I've been <laughs> proud of that. That's, that's good. Thank you. But TV can be very expensive. Yes. And all the reps want you, and they chase you, and I have this, this stress on me all the time. And I, I learned how to say no. Mm-hmm. I learned how to. I hired an action coach, and she helped me set a budget. And I tried really hard today to stick to that budget. And it's not easy when you grow that fast because you really don't know what your budget is. You're like, oh, my gosh, I have all these salespeople and they're hungry and they need leads. And, you know, I'm, I'm feeding all these families now. So how do I produce leads for them so they can continue to make money because they're commission based? And just learning how to watch that and be able to keep a good monthly budget and if, you know, try not to overspend, uh, it's hard. 
because um, you guys know my papa, Herman Deloach, one of the greatest businessmen that I ever knew. I learned a lot from him. He built houses. He was an, an engineer. And he was, he was, one of his things he would always say, though, is you have to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. But you also can be you too, too top-heavy. So I look for that top heaviness too, you know. Um, I watch people like yourself, you know. Um, I probably know more about you than you think you do, you know. I, I check out businesses that are doing well, and I try to get inside so I can see what they're doing and not work, you know, what's working and what's not. That's smart. Yeah. Um, but I have to remain teachable or um, I'll go under. I will. Wow. You know. That's good if I advice. start thinking that I'm the best roofer out there and my ego gets huge, <laughs> I will go under. Because <laughs> if ego comes in, then I'm easing God out. There you go. You know, and that's that's what um, I've learned. That is something to talk Ooh, about for chills. just a moment <laughs> since you brought that in. Mm. Uh, I know Tian was going to set us up to deal with this, but if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and throw the question out. Uh I would like to hear your perspective because business, there's a lot of people in our culture that feel like you separate, you separate your faith and your business. Mm -hmm. Our philosophy is that we are not, we're not Christian business people. We are Christians that happen to be in business Mm -hmm. and you cannot separate that that whole, I mean, our faith permeates every aspect of our life, which dictates how we do the things that we do. Uh, People won't always agree with you. They won't always understand you. But one of the things that has governed us is a statement that says we have to be able to sleep at night. We've got to know that we've done the right thing. And We've got to acknowledge that God gives us his favor and his blessing. Does it mean that he is for us and not for our competition, so to speak, but that, number one, he is for us and he has a plan for us Mm -hmm. and whatever opportunities he's opening up for us, if they are God opportunities, then he expects us to give that credit to him and not not be ashamed of that. Exactly. So talk to us a little bit about especially having a successful growing business that is phenomenal and the transition in your life to get from where you were to where you are now and trying to evaluate where you're going and then being a female minority business owner and on top of that, a devoted Christian. Mm-hmm. How do you lump all that together? <laughs> and how do you keep Jesus first in what you're doing so that your heart is intact and your faith is intact against the struggle of a culture that is not always so faith-friendly? Mm. Wow. I just became very emotional. Mm. Oh, man. So one of the things that I say to myself probably on a daily basis is that crossover belongs to God. I just manage it. I'm just a manager. And, you know, 
not really sure where to start with all this because God gave me crossover. Mm-hmm. It's successful because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit just so I can kind of run it together. But um, about five years ago, I found myself in a very dark place. Um, you know, I'd always believed in Jesus since I was a little girl, but didn't truly have a relationship with him. And people used to tell me all the time that I had this great potential and if I probably could be a millionaire if I wanted to, but I never believed in myself. I never thought I was good enough, never thought I was pretty enough, and, but I always enjoyed uh, working hard and service and giving back. So my main mission when I, when I got to this point where I found that I, I think I had found my love and my, my purpose was to be a roofing contractor, I had teamed up with the wrong person, a non-believer. And I found myself a year into that company and found myself in a black hole again, wondering and asking God, why was I in this? This was not what I signed up for. Because I believe that his mission for me was to help people through my construction services. You know, even people that can't afford roofs, that was going to be my way to give back. I just didn't, I didn't have a partner that was on board and we were wrestling because I'm a believer and he's, he was not a believer. And about three, two and a half years ago, I sat down and I was at church and Pastor Randall had a series called Jump. And that series hit me so hard because it was the first time that I realized if I would just lean on my faith and trust God that I could be a business owner by myself. Because all the way up to then, I didn't believe that I could do it. But he was like, if you always keep me first, your roofing company will be okay. But you got to keep me first. That's the key. Because I'd always put material possessions and money and relationships in front of him my whole life. Also, um, you know, I was, uh, I'm in recovery and I'd always put alcohol in front of him. And when I finally surrendered all that stuff and I made him first, God started to bless me with the company quickly. I mean, wow. it was just amazing. Um, I started, I was chucking the truck. <laughs> I was living in my mom's house. I had $3,000 in the bank when I started Crossover. And he gave me the name. I had no idea what I was going to call the company. And I was sitting in my mom's room that day, and I knew that I was supposed to do this. And a cross beamed in through the curtains over my head, And I said, wow, I had to cross over that other company to become a full owner by myself. Mm. And I said, cross over roofing, boom. (laughs) And it was just like, and and it happened just like that. And the God shots just started to come and the blessing. And I just, I made it, I didn't push my faith on people, but do y'all remember when the Jesus Save Me signs were real popular about two and a half years ago? Yeah. They were just come out. Yeah. My first 10 sales had that sign in the yard. Oh, wow. And I knew, I knew I was taking the right steps. And um, that was how I believe we grew. My biggest challenge was that I was a female owner. The guys were making fun of me. People mm-hmm. were picking on me. People said she would never make it. 
And I think that just dri- that drove me more. <laughs> I was determined to beat the boys. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. <laughs> That's all right. That's but, all right. I mean, you know, I don't if you know a lot about uh, roofing, but it, there's 99 roofers on the BBB just in Greensboro. It's super competitive. But um, I, you know, I just used my faith and stood on all of that. There were so many testimonials where we'd be in people's houses and they couldn't get their roofs approved for their insurance. And I'd get up there and I'd be like, God, help me with this claim. And I'd come down and I'd meet the adjuster and the adjuster would be like, you know what? You're the most honest roofer out here right now. We trust you. And they'd buy the roof for us. You know, and there would hardly be any damage on the roof, but they saw that there was a need there and that they had a good contractor involved. And I wasn't just trying to pull a fast one off, Mm -hmm. you know, over on somebody. But, um, you know, and we've cried with customers. Mm. We've, I've shared, uh, you know, people have just said that they've known all along that they can see Jesus in my eyes when I come. And that's amazing. And there's been some times I've been with some people that didn't want to hear nothing about God. Of course, yeah. And I've just respected that and loved them where they were. So one of the things that I pray every morning is I ask to be a maximum service um, with whoever I run into or whatever sale I come into or whatever house I go into and to bring love in every situation. Because, I mean, there's been times I've been cussed out. I hope mm-hmm. I can say that on here. Yeah. Cussed out, you know. Um, it happens. Things go wrong sometimes. But I just there's tensions. There, right. Whenever you're out here in business and you're dealing with money and things you're trying to resolve, yeah, and that's really that's where you come back to mm-hmm. your faith and what you're standing for and and how do you react? And yes. And so that's one of the things that I've learned too in the last two years is learn to pause when agitated um, to learn to, I've got to realize that person may be a non-believer. That person may be dealing with something that I don't, you know, they could have cancer. They might be sick. They could be dying. There's so many things. So I have learned to react in a very loving, positive way. And I believe that's how my faith comes out. It's because how I react to these irate customers. That's encouraging. Thank you. Wow. I was I was going uh, to the Facebook page you guys have, and it's always interesting to go to the ratings that people put on it. Um, usually on social media, it's very rare to see service company restaurant that you get straight five stars reviews. You know, and um, <clears throat> I started to go over across over. Uh, reviews and amazing reviews amazing I think everything that I read was good but what struck me and now it makes sense is that everybody was talking about the service that you bring your team brings like it didn't feel it felt like there is a lot of empathy Mm -hmm. you know it's a business yes there is money involved yes but people are not talking about prices or not talking about this they're talking about great service and and basically great customer, mm-hmm. you know, attention, which is t- talks about empathy at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, people, we all that want, need to spend money on anything, especially in construction. You know, we, we, we are always trying to figure out if we're not going to get revolved by the contractor or whoever is going to, uh, we're hiring to do the job. 
So, um, and by the way, congratulations, you, you guys won the 2019 Super Service Awards for Angelus mm -hmm. uh, two years in a row, right? Mm -hmm. We did. That yeah. is amazing. And I don't know if you saw, though, um, just to bring up a different award. And the reason why I bring this award up is because when I was working with Pastor Randall and on this, and he was talking about the series Hope, the one thing that I wanted to bring to the table, and I just thought about this, was integrity. It's doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. That is so hard to find oh. in construction. And especially up on a roof, because customers are not going to get up there with you to see if you're doing it right. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and some, believe it or not, some guys will, though. Um, and that was when you, those were, a lot of our reviews come from that, is us being honest and integral and trying to do the right thing when nobody's looking. So in 2019, we won the BB&B Award for Ethics. Oh, wow. Yeah, so wow. very hard war, award to win. We're the only roofer in the state that's won it. Oh and my. I won it in my second year. Oh, that is amazing. And Congratulations. That, but that was, that was, the, that was God mm -hmm. because he knew my heart. He knew that that was one of the principles that I live by. And for, for UNCG, they're the ones that gave us the award to come in and they dissected my company. I was scared, kind of, like you were talking about Fast 50, and I was like, I'm a nervous wreck. And then to be able to go and be a part of that. That so, is awesome. Yeah. I have personally looked at some of your work on places I've been and knew that you had mm -hmm. performed either the roofing or the siding or something. And I've had quite a bit of experience with building. Um, and I, I've looked over what your folks have done and told guys with us, told one of our managers that I knew you and pointed out different points that y'all had done and the way you did your work. So this is a good company. That It looks you. very good, and I commend you for that. Thank you so much. Because a lot of people won't do that extra. They will try to take the shortcut, save the dollar, Mm -hmm. save that little bit of time but you can tell just looking over what you can tell a lot if you understand the product and the process you can tell a lot about a person's integrity yep. by seeing where they don't cut corners at mm -hmm. and you guys do it good thank you and you know we've had to redo some jobs mm -hmm. I'm one of those contractors if my boys do mess up I'm going to fix it you know um, I've had to eat a couple of metal roofs that didn't go real well. Metal roofing can be very hard, and you've got to have somebody that knows how to use a brake, right? Mm -hmm. So we've redone some jobs, um, and the reviews came behind the mess up, too. You know, uh, <clears throat> we'd had quite a few customers say that they had bad experience with contractors and then had a bad experience with me, but then I fixed it. Yeah. You know, um, so it's going to happen sometimes. It's just how you handle it, how you work right. through it. Yeah. And what's, because we're talking about your relationship with employee and with um, clients, but also it seems to be that you guys have a culture in your company with your staff and team. What's that balance between empathy and team building, the dynamics and excellence where, 
people that are focused or hyper-focused on creating excellence in a service and all that, sometimes they forget about that human element. Yes. It's just trying to get things done, and you just go over people sometimes. And how, how do you keep that balance between those two? Because I don't think you can have one without the other, but sometimes some people might tend to go towards one side or the other. Some people are way too empathetic, mm -hmm. and they don't care. I mean, they, they just want everybody happy, want to make everybody happy, and at the end, they, they make nobody happy, right? Yeah. And because you, you have a job to do and you have to fulfill that. Yeah. So how, how, how are you finding that balance? So it was a major pushover in the beginning. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> I did not know how to tell anybody no. My staff was kind of all over the place because I grew so fast and I'd never had this many employees under me. And um, I created a handbook and I had got some people to help me with proper training. Okay. So for me now, it's a, it's a weekly staff meeting, mm -hmm. keeping everybody caught up on protocols, change, product, knowledge, service, and then holding them that, to that. Um, we have also learned with the actual workers, the guys that put on the work, that um, we have a, what we call a reserve for them because I got to the point where I didn't want to be yelling at them all the time, you know. So I let the – if there's problems during the week, I let it kind of gather. And then they come in to get paid on Friday, and we sit down and we have a long talk, and there's usually some solution put in place. Now, if I find myself seeing the same problems next week, too, then we're deducting money off your check. You know, we have to hit them back with a reserve um, because the guys make a lot of mistakes like damaging gutters after they put a roof on. You know, I shouldn't have to pay for that. The customer wasn't getting new gutters. Yeah. And holding them to the same accountability that that customer holds me, yeah. holding those workers and those subcontractors, because a lot of my guys are subcontractors. So what we did, we created subcontractor agreements. And what this does, this creates loyalty. Mm -hmm. I've had the same workers since day one. Very hard to find with a roofing, siding, and window company. Wow. There's usually a lot of turnover. Yeah. So if I stay consistent with them, also I've learned to talk to them and not yell at them <laughs> because if you yell at them, you're just you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And we have um, what do you call it? God, I forgot what it's called. I'm sorry. When you go behind an employee and you evaluate them after they've been with you for so long. And show them not only where their weaknesses are, but show them where their strengths are too. Okay. You know, and the the loyalty is the big thing though. I've had the same group. I have let one person go since I've owned Crossover Roofing, and I've actually hired him back because God told me to give him a second chance. Wow. He came in and he showed me what he was doing. He admitted to what he was doing wrong, which we already kind of knew it. But he finally got honest about it. And then I was like, well, okay, well, what are you going to do different this time? You know? And I've already made it very clear to him, if I start to see those old patterns, then we, we have to let him go again. Um, keeping those systems tight. Follow-up. Continuous. Don't, you can't let one person slide over here and then not do it over here. So, you know, if you want to get paid, you got to have all your stuff together. You got to have a contract. You got to have a down payment. You got to have signatures. You got to have a color. 
you know, and just holding those guys to the same level that I would want somebody to hold me to. I'm not going to ask you to do anything in my company that I wouldn't do myself. So you're not a pushover anymore. No. I learned, <laughs> I learned boundaries, and I believe that's because I've that. grown as a Christian. So not only have I grown crossover in the last two years, I grew as a Christian because I, even though I said I was a Christian my whole life, until I came to Hope Church, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And plus I had surrendered my alcoholism to him too. So once I did those things and I started to work on me and clean all that stuff out, I, God just started opening doors. Mm-hmm. But I'm also be learning that I'm getting a little bit of intuition, maybe a little bit of wisdom, I hope. Mm-hmm. Praying for it anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that God don't allow me to get into uh, bad business deals because they come at you on a daily basis. I'm sure you, you, you deal with that. You can feel that, can't you? Yes. I get a... What do you attribute that to? My relationship with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So there is something about the way the Spirit of God works within us mm-hmm. and through us that will give you insight in the natural, mm-hmm. not just what we would term as the spiritual stuff, but he is very engaged in the natural, the decision-making, the business deals, and so forth. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you can keep your, your heart open and here rather than just relying on your own ability Mm. i'm very aware of my ego and that's the one thing that i really watch for because if my ego's in control then i'm not hearing god i'm not walking in humility and i'm not going to have clear decisions on whether i should go the right or left you know but if i stay humble which is hard because as soon as I say I have it, I lose it yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> um, and and you may be hearing me speak a little bit of recovery terms here too. You know, we say those kind of things, but, um, you know, he wants, he wants me to be confident, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want me to be cocky. And when I get cocky, that's when I start making bad decisions. So really watch for that. You have come a long ways really, really fast and manage that very well. You couldn't do that if you didn't have a a certain confidence about you. Yes. If you were insecure, if you if you didn't know what you were doing, then the people around you wouldn't follow you. They certainly wouldn't trust your leadership for their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the customers would not trust you with the money they're going to spend with you. So all, all of those factors add up to where, again, now you're a female minority mm-hmm. business owner. Mm-hmm. You're working, by and large, a group of very strong-willed men mm-hmm. that you said you were, at the outset, you said you were 
encouraged to beat the boys. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> Which I just, thought, I just thought was pretty cool. Yeah, you, you're the only one that's got the ethics award. That's incredible. It was pretty neat. I just stepped off a boat with 1,200 contractors in the Southeast District. Um, we went on a cruise for our distributor, ABC Supply. And when you hit your marks, you get to go on the cruise. And then you have a tier, of course. So mm -hmm. you get so many trips for whatever tier. Well, I got two trips this year because oh, wow. I hit two tiers. And we were, we were with people like Skywalker Roofing. I'm sure oh, wow. you've heard of Skywalker. Yeah. Skywalker is the number one roofer in the triad. Um, and we were with people like um, AAR, which is a huge commercial company. And it was just really neat to be with these people. And we all carry the same common goal and, you know, and being in construction together. And it was really cool to be honored and be able to go on that trip because once again, I'm carrying my faith with me, and there was opportunities to, you know, talk about Jesus yeah. and how what he had done for me and what he had saved me from and then turn around what he gave me. So, and, and there were some similar stories, you know. Um, I have a question for you, though, is I'd like to hear from you about what it's like when you do go to, through a hard time. I don't, I don't know if you've been through a hard time, but financially, I'm sure you you probably have. You said 15 years. I thought, he's probably had a rough year. Tell us your testimony, Pastor Wayne. <laughs> so I would like to, because I want to grow, but I can Wayne. only grow by listening to people like you. <laughs> wow. We, uh, uh, ours is a little different story. Uh, of course, our background being in the uh, ministry as pastors, uh, we did not anticipate starting the business. Mm -hmm. uh, we were kind of pulled in it, and uh, you said you started off, you had $3,000 in the bank. Well, we were 86000 in the negative. So <laughs> that's a little different <laughs> approach, a little different story. Um, we did not intend to do this. We were in a transitional time in ministry. And we've always had a lot of friends in the region that were involved with business and mm -hmm. construction and so forth. And uh, that was my background prior to pastoring. So I, I had stayed in touch with people and, and then we'd do little things here and there. Uh, a large developer invited us to meet at his office for my wife and I because we were in a transition time. And he was a very, uh, very large developer. Um, actually, at that time, he was number two in the nation, the second wow. largest developer for his particular style of, mm -hmm. of developments and was a good friend to us said, I've got about six months of work that will help you and Becky in your transition time until your next post that uh, I could use your help in this and I think it would benefit you folks. Well, it sounded like a good opportunity to us and uh, whether we heard God or didn't hear God on it, six months later, uh, they were in bankruptcy. 
And we were $86,000 in the hole. And coming out of several years of pastoring, not having the reserves for that, so our home was up and everything was at risk. And it was like, we're not going to go bankrupt. So God, what do you have just some miracle or are we supposed to dig in and go to work? Well, we opted to go to work and we had other friends that we had developed relationships with, thankfully began to call us and give us opportunities. And after that first year, we had worked out of that hole, mm-hmm. but we had we had tractor trailer loads of material being delivered to our shop that we were renting at the time. Uh-huh. And we didn't have a project to put it on any longer, wow. but I had signed my name on it. And this was one of the things that God honored for us, that I was not going to call someone else to bear the burden that we had found ourselves under. I had committed to them for these orders that were special orders. And I had to receive it mm-hmm. to have any integrity and not pass that loss on to them. And and so we took deliveries and said, God, you're going to open up a door for us to be able to use this and, mm-hmm. and come out of this. And so not only were we that far in the hole, but then we had materials showing up that we had put in meal orders for of tractor-trailer loads that now what are we going to do? And so we faced a little bit of those tough times and trying to figure out, God, where are we at? I, I felt like my first year that I was a Jonah yeah. because you're a, you're a pastor and then all of a sudden you're out here in business and what in the world are you doing? But the things I had preached, God had to begin to teach me how to walk that out in the way that the rest of our society, especially business owners, have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so easy for people to say, well, your faith is separate from that. This is business. Well, no, not if you're truly a believer. I think that your integrity and your faith is going to control your decision making. Yeah. And God just began to honor that and bless us and uh, gave us an abundance of opportunities. And uh, we've made our mistakes with that. We've had failures. We've had things we lost on, um, things that I wish I had have known enough to have done differently. But we don't have any jobs that we have to be embarrassed of. As you said at the outset, a very good definition of integrity, doing the right thing when no one is looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've done things the way we would want that to be done for us in all honesty. Uh, we have mess-ups, but I admire what you said in the way that you've dealt with your mess-ups. You've gone back to make it right. Mm-hmm. So if it's us, then we're going to make it right. Yeah. and. God has a way of honoring that and giving you favor, even among unbelievers, because it's not as common as it should be to see that honesty and that integrity. When you're not trying to just pull something over on someone. So the hard times, how you get through that, 
some of it we just kind of ducked our head down and kept plowing and said, God, I know you're going to bring us out of this, but please hurry. Yes. And, and he would. I mean, it's like whenever things get dark, then God has an opportunity right around the corner. Mm-hmm. If you just keep focused on that, because our life belongs to him. Yeah. Business belongs to him. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't belong to us. It's God's, and you describe that very well. We're, we're managing what belongs to God. That's right. And if you do that, he's going to make a way. Mm-hmm. Something else that I started two and a half years ago, I started tithing. Oh, wow. And I have seen the blessings. And wow. I believe that, that that's my faithfulness and his faithfulness has also been a part of the growth of crossover and the financial blessings from there. I never died my whole life. And my papa used to always tell me I needed to. Mm-hmm. And I, I got, I just saw the blessings and reap and sowed. And it was just like, wow, this is coming true. You know, it's really cool, wow. you know, to see the numbers on paper grow so quickly. And um, I just, it's been an amazing ride. Um, it's not been easy. I, like you said, I've made some mistakes, but I've learned from them. Um, one of the things that we keep in our, our thing is we have the word insanity up because to us, insanity means doing the same thing over and over, expecting yeah. different results. Yeah. And I keep that in front of me, though, because if I make a mistake and then I go to do it again, I'm insane. <laughs> so, so um, you know, and it's just those little things there. And something else that I've, I've learned, too, is, is finding those people that truly care about you. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of close people that work with me. You know, there is that fine line of, between employee and friends, and I have found it. It took a little while, you know. I got I got my my employer hat on today, you know. <laughs> but once we leave there, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Do you have people that work for you that you're close to? Well, and how I, I has can't that gone? say that I can't say that I have found that line well. We. <laughs> 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 <I, yeah. laughs> We, we get some bombshells every now and then. And it, <laughs> I, I am one of the things I have prayed uh, coming from the full-time pastorate into the business realm is I did not want to become cynical. I've, I've always given people the benefit of the doubt. And that's just you, you're going to get burned like that. And I've always been willing to be burned rather than to become calloused or get to where I'm not caring enough about the individual. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want my heart to become calloused or my thoughts to become cynical. Uh, as a business owner, that is challenging, though. Very. Uh, in a pastor's office, you're expected to be compassionate mm-hmm. and encouraging and all those things in business and especially at the level that you're moving into you have so much responsibility and you have families that are dependent on your Mm -hmm. decision making and you want to be close to the people around you you genuinely care about them but it is different you're in a different category and the people don't see you quite the same and then when you become 
uh, somewhat successful, opinions begin to change. That's right. And one of the things I've heard you talk about a couple of different times this evening is the people that you have surrounded yourself with outside that are more of your peers Mm -hmm. in the business realm, more of those that maybe are a little bit further along that journey than what you are. Yes. Uh, Talking about your crews and the 1,200 people that Mm -hmm. were honored and all of them that were successful business owners. Yeah. Uh, That brings with it a different influence and perspective and helps you keep things a little clearer mm-hmm. than maybe the people that you're working with every day. Yes. And that's, that's helped me a little bit. I still blur those lines. Yep. My son that is our successor in business and actually a partner with us now, a legal partner, um, I tell him all the time, you are going to be a much better manager than I could ever be because mm. he is, uh, he says that he's cold and he's not. He is very loving and mm. compassionate, but he is very to the point and matter of fact. And I, I don't have that in me as much. Mm-hmm. And so I get burned a lot more than he does. And I'm a he, lot more like you too. He just he just <laughs> sees things a little clearer. Now he would tell you that he could not develop the kind of things that I've developed, that he right. couldn't create it, and that seems to be my strength and gifting. The the people I probably get too close to though. Mm-hmm. I've I know a lot about their lives and I care about where they're at and and quite honestly, I don't want to lose that. I would rather to suffer the pain of of the disappointments mm-hmm. than to lose the joy of the successes together. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. You know, um, we the same, it's, a lot of that is the same in my office, you know. I've gotten a little bit better with boundaries, but I'm like you. I just I kind of wear my feelings on my sleeves. So as their as their owner, they know I'm there for me, or I'm there for them, and they know I want them to bring their stuff to me. I want to be able to comfort and give compassion, and you know, and, and like you, sometimes I lend out money, and I might mm-hmm. not ever get it back. <laughs> But I'm okay with that. I sleep good at night. I don't have any trouble <laughs> sleeping. People are like, you probably don't ever sleep, do you? I'm like, no, I'm out. <laughs> because I know I've done the right thing that day. Yeah. You know, and I'm like you too. I'm just, the relationships are very important to me. It's been a, a little bit amazing to me, and we're still grappling with this. As you grow through the j- different areas of the business classification the dynamics do shift and you find yourself associated more with people at a higher level of understanding and operating and the infrastructure that you're required to put in place to manage other areas uh, are equipped to handle 
the people and the issues they're facing. Yeah. So I, I still go through our organization shaking hands and calling names. I know the people. Mm-hmm. I've, I know something about their families, their situations, and so forth. But I no longer manage them or supervise them in any way. Right. So I can be a, a better owner that knows them and they look forward to seeing and they might not would like me as much if I was their direct supervisor. Yes. <laughs> so that has, that has helped me some, uh, just growing into that. But then the dynamics of, of taking care of the business and the projections and all those things as you grow, that, that's a whole different story. And still keeping your heart, one of the things that I hope that we can do in our growth as we continue to grow, I'm confident we will with things that are set in motion now. Um, I want to keep that same culture within the company of caring and being a real team. Uh, We try not to, for us, call it a family because uh, they're not bound like family. I mean, you can choose your friends. You can't choose your family. Uh, but we are a true team, yeah. and we voluntarily come together to accomplish the goals and objectives that we all have for us as a united, synergistic-type team and for our families. So I don't want to lose that. I don't want it to become numbers and, mm-hmm. and indifferent. Right. So what stage did you find yourself becoming more of, of a boss that manages his managers and letting go of the supervision of his employees? What level would you say that happened at? Because I'm kind of getting to that where I kind of did everything for so long and now I have three really good managers and they have the workers underneath them. But I still find myself wanting to jump in and try to tweak one of my manager's, you know, departments or whatever, and learning to let go and trust that management team. And they'll do good for a while, but then something really, really will happen, and then I feel like I need to get back into it. Yeah. And how did you learn or how did you – you grow through that and learn to just let management run your company for you. Well, and I, still would have, be a part. I would have a little different philosophy because uh, we train our managers. You, everyone wants to use the term delegate mm-hmm. and then let them do that. Uh, we have a saying that you cannot delegate until you have properly recruited and adequately trained. If you're going to delegate delegate something to, especially with the kind of, of money that you deal with in a business like yours, then uh, it's not very responsible as an owner, I don't think, to delegate and let go of something to a person that is not adequately trained okay. to run that level and make it profitable. If, if their weekly, monthly, quarterly evaluation is in the red instead of the black and you're not 
holding a certain profit margin off of what they're doing. If they're not being successful, then my philosophy is somebody better step in because you're going to lose. It, it doesn't, it, it's kind of like you go to a restaurant that you would enjoy eating at. Maybe you've had a hundred good meals there, but you get one bad one and you're kind of a little bit hesitant. And mm-hmm. then you go back and you get another bad meal. It doesn't take a hundred bad meals before you don't go there anymore. It only takes a few. Gotcha. So you can lose what you have built much quicker and easier than you can ever build it. Right. What takes you years of building, you can lose overnight. I know. With bad management, uh, poor decision-making, those kind of things. So we still have to get engaged with those areas. When we see weak areas or things falling behind, we have to step in. Mm-hmm. And in growth, there's always new areas that you don't have proper management for. Right. So you may be in the process of training, and sometimes you run out of managers because you've just grown fast enough you couldn't keep up with that and adequately train people or recruit people that were adequately trained. So that's a balancing act that I don't really know mm-hmm. uh, that there's a magic dollar of gross income number or employee number or job number. Uh, I don't know really where that is at. I know that mm-hmm. we are working very hard at our level. We're having to recruit some little, some higher skill sets because we've moved yeah. into a different dynamic of the business model. Uh, we're having to train a little more aggressively. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenging part. Yeah. So here we are. You, you try once you get people trained to back away and say, okay, I trust you and you're doing a good job with that. I'm here to help you. I'm still going to watch you and evaluate you. Yes. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> so here it is, either you're succeeding or you're not. And, and then you, you're going to have a challenge, I believe, always of keeping the, the culture because every company has its own culture keeping everyone united so there's the synergy of that team and the culture is is the same no matter what department you go into. Right. So that's uh, maybe a few years from now you'll be able to yes. help me a little bit with that. <laughs> now, I heard the word training a lot, uh, and um, I agree with that completely. So that's a very important key. I never was trained. I was thrown into the company. A, a, a guy took me up on a roof one time. He said, this is hell damage. This is wind damage. And this, this is what a bad roof looks like. I never got on another roof with oh. anybody else. I'm oh self-taught from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I figured it out all on my own. So I would say if the one thing that my company lacks is good training. And I want to work on that. So... Wow. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it than people realize, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's refreshing uh, for me hearing some of your perspectives and seeing your heart, your integrity, and then keeping 
your relationship with Christ forefront in everything that you're doing. That is very, very commendable. Um, our society, our uh, business community needs more of that. So I congratulate you and commend you for that. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me down here. This was great. I appreciate it.